Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel podcast. As a vibrant part of life at TWU, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. All right, well, welcome to chapel. Uh, I'm uh, grateful to be able to spend some time with someone many of you may know, but many of you may not, and so this can be your introduction to her. This is uh, Coach Cheryl John Paul. Cheryl, how how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Coach uh, Cheryl is the the women's uh, basketball coach here at Trinity, and she's been here for a good number of years. And um, we're just going to talk today a little bit about her background, um, the highlighting Black History Month, and some things that maybe are going on on campus that we all would would want to be interested in. So, uh, welcome to Chapel, I guess, Coach Cheryl. It's so weird because it's all virtual, but mm-hmm. uh, welcome to Chapel. Um, Tell us just a little bit about about your background, where you're from, and how you how you landed at Trinity. I'm originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba, best city in Manitoba. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, I grew up playing basketball, uh, and so it's just been a journey of going from a former athlete to getting into coaching on the side to you know taking coaching to the next level and deciding to make it a career. And um, as I was developing um, from a coach's perspective, it was just that I felt called to become a university coach. Um, And so, you know, the job at Trinity opened up and it was a great opportunity to um, to really be able to blend a lot of the different things that I'm passionate about. Um, One, obviously, is basketball and and teaching others and, and the leadership aspect of it, but then also um, to be able to integrate my faith into what I do on a daily basis. So um, it, this is year 11 for me. It's ridiculous that I'm in double digits here. I, it makes me feel very, I won't say old, but just mature maybe. See, that might not see. even be the right word either. But um, Yeah, so it's, it, it is a lot of lessons that I've learned over the years, and it's just been quite the journey so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – for for um, those who don't know, um, we we had a, a little podcast recording before for the the Good News Stories podcast that I host, and so I, I kind of have a bit of the inside scoop. Um, but tell tell folks about your background, like your racial and ethnic background. Mm-hmm. I am biracial. Uh, my dad is uh, Haitian. My mom is of German Mennonite descent. Um, I am a first generation Canadian, and so uh, that in itself. Um, is just been a really big part of who I am now. Um, I think that I've learned how to appreciate 
a lot of things because, you know, I heard, I heard the stories growing up when I was, you know, your age and I came to Canada with only a suitcase. And, you know, those are, those are things that are just constantly, you know, would, would be brought up all the time, usually when we were asking for something <laughs> as a kid, but, um, you know, really appreciated having, um, you know, four grandparents, um, you know, my, my dad's family immigrated to Winnipeg a little bit later um, and grew up with my mom's family for the most part. And that's why we settled in Winnipeg. Um, but just, you know, really rich faith history from, from, from both sides and um, just really appreciate growing up in, in a household of faith and uh, with grandparents that prayed for me and, uh, you know, helped, helped my faith journey along. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think um, part of what we had chatted about before is just this idea that, you know, we're celebrating Black History Month, and that's, and that's awesome. Um, but sometimes people can think that people of color, let's just say in general, or Black people are, are very monolithic, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, everybody has these cookie-cutter backgrounds. And as we've talked and talking with students and other people, it's like, that's just not reality. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and learning things as you go along. I mean, even as I'm kind of learning about the Canadian history of Black people, um, you know, the in the 80s and the 90s, there were a lot of Haitians and Jamaicans that came to Canada. And so, um, but again, where did they settle? If they settled in Montreal, if they settled in Toronto, if they settled in Winnipeg, or if they settled in Alberta or BC, I mean, even how they adopted to their new land um, really shaped who they became as people. And and I think that we have this rich culture of being in Canada, plus we have this heritage of um, where we've come from, where our parents have come from, the struggles that they've had there. And and obviously, you know, um, with my dad um, being from Haiti, you know, there's just this constant reminder of how hard uh, life has been for um, for the people that I, you know, for, for my ancestors. And I think of my mom's family and dealing with, uh, you know, everything that they had to go through to go from, you know, ancestors in Germany to going to Russia to going to South America, you know, one... My mom was born in Paraguay. My uncle was born in Brazil. My other aunts and uncles were born in Winnipeg. And you you pick up culture, you pick up foods, you pick up habits um, all along the way. And it just becomes this really rich history of um, who you end up becoming. And so um, I just have really been fascinated, you know, figuring out why I like things. And, you know, it's always funny when people say like, my, my favorite you know, drink is orange crush. Is that because I'm black? I don't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, you know, and, um, I love sunflower seeds. Is that the South American German Mennonite version of me? Like, where does that come from? And so, uh, you know, we can really enjoy discovering who we are and where we come from. And I mean, you know, this, you know, from, from having talked with me a few times, but food seems to be a part of the conversation and I just think that food, culture, community, um, all to go- come together so nicely. And, um, you know, like just most of my fondest family, mem- you know, memories are family gatherings and meals together with extended family. And so um, I, I just, I just think that it's a great way to connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, you get extra cool points because um, Orange Crush is the <laughs> best soda ever. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> so maybe it is a black thing. Okay. Maybe there, it there. Is. <laughs> it's legitimate the best the best soda ever. And I don't really fool with sodas that much, but I'll I'll, take, I'll fight somebody over orange crush. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm curious. We, we have talked a lot about food before, you know, and just this idea that, you know, food is a way in which you learn about your own culture, but mm -hmm. also it's a way in which you get to share your culture with other people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you want to get to know someone, ask them what kind of foods they eat, you know? Right. Um, and don't, and don't try to compare it to like, you know, it's not, it's not a value judgment, you know, like, because we eat rice this way and you eat rice mm -hmm. that way. It's, it's equal. It's just, it helps you learn and explore and kind of get outside of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, like, uh, you know, Mennonite food and um, Haitian food are nowhere near each other. And so, um, you know, my mom had a Mennonite way of making Haitian food. And uh, my dad had this Haitian way of adopting Mennonite food. And it's like hot sauce does not belong on that. But yeah, we're putting it on there. And you know, we need some spice or some something, some heat in that. No, like this is how we're going to make it. And and so even like the the food that we grew up with in my home was a amalgamation of both. Um, and so, you know, it's just kind of funny how I, I would consider my extended family to be United Nations of many kinds. Like there are a lot of different places represented within aunts, uncles, cousins, um, and everything. And so. That's why, again, like even with the family gathering, when you have an aunt that's Jamaican and an uncle from Trinidad and, you know, your family's Haitian and yet, you know, you've got Franco-Manitoban and you've got Mexican and you've got English and Scottish and, and all these different things, Nigerian, like it's just, we have a little bit of everything. And so um, it's just growing up with that, I, I am very, very thankful um, that I didn't grow up with this. Um, you know, we, within our own family context, we have to appreciate where people were coming from. Um, and I, I would, I would hope that for other people, because it, it just adds layers to who you are. Yeah, no, I totally would agree. I think, you know, part of the struggle um, for people of color, you know, not to mention the larger society is that sometimes you cannot appreciate the wide scope and depth and breadth of, of who you are, like, even color gradation. It's like, instead of getting into us versus them or dark versus light, which, you know, colorism is a real thing, um, mm -hmm. it's learning to appreciate, you know, all the spectrum of people that come from where you come from or from the Caribbean or from different, you know, uh, countries in Africa or whatever. Um, I think when we can all come together and really just appreciate the diversity, like this is what God created, it, it allows us to relate much better to each other and to participate in God's coming kingdom to say like, no, these are God's values, you know, every mm -hmm. tribe, every tongue, every nation being valued before God. Well, and I think that one thing that we're discovering even with our, our diversity council is that what someone looks like and where they're from might blow your mind. And so, you know, we, we've had some student athletes that say, like, I know that I look like this, but my family's from here. And you're like, you're from where? That doesn't make sense. Um, but that's, our world is becoming global. And so to be able to look at someone and try to put them in a box is really not, that's not how this world works anymore. And so someone who looks like me could be from here. Um, you know, and if I were to say I'm from Greenland, would you look at me and be like, Greenland? Why not Greenland? I mean, I could be from anywhere. And and I think that's the beauty of of Canada is that hopefully, you know, we back up what we say, um, that, you know, we believe that we have all of these different representations and we don't want them all to become the same. Um, I think sometimes that does create conflict and that often, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings with it. Um, but I also think when we do get it right, um, we do it well. And um, I think that uh, I've been, I grew up in a city that celebrates diversity. 
And does that mean that there's not racial issues there? No, of course not. Um, but there are opportunities throughout the year where the intent is to learn and grow and understand. Um, and usually that is with food and with music and with dance and uh, all these different pieces of our culture that we celebrate that we love sharing with other people. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing. I think, you know, this is a great addition to, uh, you know, celebrating Black History Month during this one particular month. But uh, just like in the States, you know, people say um, Black history is American history. I think the same thing, you know, is applicable in Canada. You know, Black history in Canada is Canadian history. And mm -hmm. and you could say that, you know, in a lot of different places. Um, what's uh, what's one one thing that you you hope for with Trinity Western, you know, particularly with your role in athletics? What's what's one hope you have for student athletes and, and things that they can can do to the, the broader community? Well, you know, we're the largest Christian university in Canada, and I believe that we have a responsibility to set the tone for other universities and other campuses. I think that we have um, the luxury of speaking into our faith within our realm. And so we can speak into post-secondary schools. We can speak into high schools. We can speak into churches. We can speak into Christian organizations. We can speak into so many different communities. And so, you know, my hope for, for our school and for our department is that we're not waiting for other people to start something and then follow their lead. Um, I would love for us to be the trendsetter and say, you know, this is not happening in other campuses, but this is what we're going to do. And I think people are willing, we have this moment right now that people are willing to listen. Um, people understand that there needs to be change. But I think that when you don't know what that change is supposed to look like, if we wait too long, then we lose that sense of urgency. And so, you know, we're, we're having conversations within um, our, our department. We're having conversations within our school. We're having conversations within our conference. Uh, we're having conferences within our sport and among my peers from coast to coast. And so these conversations are happening everywhere. Um, what we're trying to figure out is, how do we how do we go beyond just having conversations? I know that among my coaching peers, um, and especially from the other black female coaches, we're getting to the point where it's becoming exhausting talking about it um, because we'd love to see what the talk brings. And so, you know, a lot of the schools are have councils now. A lot of the schools have diversity panels. A lot of the schools are looking at diversity and inclusion and equity, and that's great. Um, but how does that change a student's experience walking onto campus? Um, can they tell a difference? How long does it take before they sense there's something different here? And we do that from a faith perspective. If you ask anyone who's ever played one of our teams, when we go into another gym or another school comes to us, you know, a new athlete comes into our program, oftentimes one of the first statements we hear is we just noticed that there was something different about you. And so I would love for people to say, you know what, wow, when it comes to diversity, there's just something different about how you do things here. You welcome and you embrace and you celebrate. And how I can't even wait to tell someone else about the experience that I've had here. Um, and I'm not saying that students are having a terrible experience here. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but, but that's where we want to be. We want to be at the forefront of this conversation and we want to be at the forefront of this movement. Um, and we want to celebrate everybody um and you know our, our opportunity this month is is to celebrate black history but uh, we we have a lot of different populations of students on our campus and 
we would hope that they feel that at some point they're being celebrated as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. I, I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, I think about the book of James, we're in the book of James in chapel. And, um, you know, James says faith without works is dead. And so as much as, you know, talking is helpful, um, you know, you don't want people just running ahead of the game and doing things that maybe aren't really helpful to do. But, uh, but yeah, at some point, the rubber has to meet the road. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for a place like Trinity Western to not be reactive so much as it is deciding to be proactive and say, hey, let's, let's set the trend. Let's, let's mm -hmm. be a trendsetter that says, you know, as a Christian institution, this is how we understand, you know, these issues and, and we're going to sort of move forward. Um, and if people come with us, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, we're okay with standing alone uh, for the sake of the gospel. So. And I think it's important to evaluate some of the comments that we've heard repeatedly over the span of the last few weeks and months. You know, I, I don't know what I don't know. I've heard that a lot. Um, you know, oh, well, where I grew up, we didn't. Um, you know, I'm just, I don't have a lot of people. Oh, I know one, you know, there's, there's all of these statements that we've been hearing that are, are a cry. I, I would take them as a cry for help. That sense of where do I begin this journey? How do I start this conversation? And uh, it, it, it has to start with community. It has to start with a group of people that are saying, this is what we'd like to do. And it's not in response to you're not doing it. So we're going to do that because that's not the intent. That wasn't the intent of our council either. It was how do we ignite something that um, we have this moment, we don't want to lose this moment, um, and we want people to feel like I, I left that meeting and I felt like I learned something about myself and about someone else. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. I have a hunger to go pursue that a little bit more. And whether that's Indigenous uh, people within BC in the context here, or whether that's Black Canadians, or whether that's Asians and their experience being in Vancouver during COVID. I mean, there are so many things that are happening. The South Asian population right now with what's happening with their farmers. You know, how much do we know with what's happening around the world? Because when a student is coming from one of those contexts and they come onto your campus, they're bringing that with them. And we want to be the kind of place that says, hey, how are you doing? Because we understand what's going on within your community. Um, because it impacts them, it impacts their families, it impacts their extended families. And at the end of the day, it's going to impact them as a student. And when we talk about this platform where we're building godly Christian leaders, why would we not want to send those students back into those groups as godly Christian leaders? That's our opportunity. And when we're sending them back solely to, you know, to one arena, then we're really not, I don't think, fulfilling um, the calling that we've had um, to go out throughout all the world. And, you know, that, that's who we need to be. I believe we do that well. Um, but there's always, there's always areas that we can continue to grow. And I'm excited with, you know, the global side of Trinity Western and what's that going to do for the diversity of our campus and, you know, the different types of students that are, you know, remotely learning and are learning here on campus. And we have multiple campuses and, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're seeing everybody and not just the people that we see in our day to day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Coach Cheryl has been preaching to y'all uh, this morning. <laughs> so we're <laughs> so grateful. Uh, but but seriously, thanks so much for, for just taking some time. I know you got a lot of stuff going on and um, you guys support uh, the women's basketball team. Um, I don't know, you know, how things will go moving forward just because of the pandemic. But mm -hmm. but you, uh, you guys support them. They're, they're doing great work. And uh, I'll get you out of here on, on this question. What's, what's one thing 
that a lot of people don't know about you beyond, you know, Orange Crush Soda? Uh, what's, <laughs> <laughs> what's up that people don't know? Oh, you know, okay. So my athletes, some of my athletes, more my assistant coaches know this. My go-to post-game, um, you know, game film, I'm going to be watching the game over again for the next two hours meal or snack is ginger ale, um, jalapeno chips, and um, some sort of candy, I, like anything sweet, because sometimes that's just what it takes to get through watching a game over again um, to keep me up for, you know, for a few hours. But uh, that's definitely my go-to. Licorice, I would say. Uh-huh. Strawberry. Um, you know, Twizzlers. Like, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so uh, I would say, yeah, I, I'm not an exciting person. I don't think I've ever claimed to be exciting, so I don't have these crazy stories. Um, well, maybe when I was younger, but we don't talk about those. Um, but yeah, maybe they don't know. Now they know. If you ever see me, you know, around campus, and I will never say no to Twizzlers. So that's just that's I'm just good. putting that out there. <laughs> hey, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. He's helping y'all out. This is ways you can minister to coach. <laughs> Coach Daryl, Strawberry Twizzlers. Exactly. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship together with you soon at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel and at TWU Student Ministries. Much love.